the largest living organism on this planet is a world in itself, holding the key to countless benefits for nature and for human health. And that world is the world of fungi. We're speaking with an expert today about that fabulous world of fungi, medicinal mushrooms. That's our topic here today on An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. From metabolizing environmental pollutants to absolutely critical roles in the process of decay and renewal in nature, to the absolutely stunning medicinal benefits for human health, mushrooms are mystical powerhouses with abilities far beyond most other plants or organisms. It's the foundation of and for life, mushroom expert Paul Stemitz once said. Today, we are focusing on the human health benefits of medicinal mushrooms and explore just how amazing they really are with one of the top experts in the field. Medicinal mushrooms, the fabulous world of fungi. All that and more coming up in just a minute here today on An Organic Conversation. I'm your host, Helge Helberg. This show is brought to you by Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. And thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at earlsorganic.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Medicinal mushrooms, our topic in this hour, the fabulous world of fungi. And we're speaking with no less but Jeff Chilton, the president of Nemex Organic Mushroom Extracts, who's joining us today from British Columbia, moist British Columbia, and I'm sure an absolute power ground to grow amazing mushrooms, Canada. The website is Nemex. N-A-M-M-E-X dot com. Jeff, do we have you on the line? Yes. Hi, Helga. How are you doing? <laughs> I am great. How are you? Very good. I, I am sitting here looking out at a very green environment. In fact, <laughs> due to all the moisture we get up here, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of that water would be uh, 
loved in California, and we'd love you to send back our sunshine. Yes, we are doing okay actually. This winter was a normal, irregular winter. We were worried about um, another drought year, since we started okay and then had no rain for several weeks. But um, we have had rains in the last few weeks, so we are doing okay. But we would definitely. Um, sent you some sunshine if we could, yes. <laughs> you are raised in the Pacific Northwest, and you studied ethnomycology at the University of Washington in the late 60s, and then you worked at a mushroom farm. Can you tell us, give us the frame of why did you study mycology? What got you interested in mushrooms so early on? Well, first of all, being from uh, the Northwest and having the rain and the green and all the water. Certainly we have mushrooms around us. But, but, you know, when I was in high school, I actually was in high school in Phoenix, Arizona for five years. My family moved down there. And in 1964, a friend of mine went to Mexico to study down there for the summer. He came back and he told me this incredible story about taking magic mushrooms. And there was something about that that just resonated with me. And so when I, I got back to Seattle, went to university, My uh, field of study was anthropology, and I just became very interested in the use of mushrooms in um, uh, indigenous cultures worldwide, and it turns out that these mushrooms were used by cultures all over the world in shamanic practices. Mm -hmm. So that became my study in, in anthropology, my focus in anthropology, and while I was at the university, I, I took some mycology courses, and of course... You don't get a job in anthropology, so after I graduated, I'm still very keen on, on mushrooms and have done a lot of wild mushroom hunting during that period. My mycology professor said, well, you know, there's a mushroom farm 60 miles down the road. Why don't you go uh, visit them and maybe you can get a job? And I went down, I interviewed, I got a job, and I was there at that farm for the next 10 years. And, and this is a big farm. This is a farm that's producing... Two uh, million pounds a year when I first started, and I worked my way up to production manager, and I was literally living with mushrooms for 10 years. I mean, literally 10 years uh, uh, at that farm. And, and here's, here's one of the things about a mushroom farm that is so interesting is that every week we would start four new houses of mushrooms. So It's all on a cycle. Everything is indoors. So four new crops every week. So four times 52, let's say, is 200 crops a year times 10 years. I literally saw 2,000 individual crops of mushrooms in my, in my time there. Think about a normal farmer that maybe sees, let's say, 50 crops that he's growing in a year. What kind of mushrooms did you grow then? Do you recall? Well, this farm was growing agaricus, which is the common button mushroom. Mm -hmm. But we had a Japanese scientist there, uh, Dr. Urayama, and he was growing oyster mushrooms. He was growing shiitake mushrooms, and he was growing enoki mushrooms. So I, I was able to see these other mushrooms. This is back in the 70s. I was able to see these other mushrooms being grown, and It was fascinating. And not only that, I, I got to eat these mushrooms as well, which were delicious. And um, the interesting part about it is that we introduced, this farm introduced, it's called Oster Mushroom Farms, it introduced fresh shiitake mushrooms into the market in 1978. Fresh shiitake. Uh, it was the first time uh, in the United States where shiitake mushrooms were put into the market on any scale, and <laughs> it failed because people uh, found the shiitake to be a little bit too strong for their taste. So mm -hmm. can you imagine shiitake mushrooms, which I think are, are one of the most delicious mushrooms and my favorite mushroom of all. Um, people thought, oh, this is just too, too strong. So, but the fact is, is having those other mushrooms being grown expanded my world of mushrooms, and plus it allowed me to see how those mushrooms were being grown. Yes. And, and then, of course, that also stimulated my interest in terms of the medicinal value. And speaking of shiitake, of course, what a great segue. Uh, tell us about that fabulous world of fungi from a 
helicopter view, maybe not the 10,000-mile view, but the helicopter view, what are some of the most impressive findings and properties that you have seen and, and come to, to know and love that we know of today? Well, you know, I, I guess one of the things that, that people need to realize is that the world of fungi is very large. The fact of mushrooms, which are considered fleshy fungi, this is a very small part of that. One of the most important drugs that we have out there are antibiotics, and these are based on fungi. Uh, in fact, they were developed back in the 30s and discovered Actually, uh, when they were discovered, it was a contaminant in a Petri plate that was uh, found to have these properties where it would, it would actually deter other uh, molds mm -hmm. in, in this Petri plate. So, so first off, uh, fungi play a very important role in our medical system. Without them, can you imagine what we would do without antibiotics? Yeah. I mean, it's really, uh, really very significant. So, so um, that that uh, is number one. And number two, fungi are decomposers. Without fungi, we would be um, buried in uh, various, whether it be wood or leaves or any organic matter out there. We would literally be buried in it without fungi. And and, and to be clear. Fungi are part of a microbiological ecosystem. They're not out there alone at all. They are part of this ecosystem of, of bacteria and yeasts, uh, all, these, uh, all of the different types of, of molds, as well as actual mushrooms. So they are very important to, to how our world works and, and how the ecosystem is able to cope with with uh, uh, building soils and just uh, uh, feeding, because what they do is they break down organic matter into to different um, components to where other organisms, plants, humans can utilize them. And when we speak of health benefits, like really for in this episode of Medicinal Mushrooms, the Fabulous World of Fungi, I've just come to study um, the, the, the health benefits, the nutritional benefits, newest research, really showing just how critical uh, mushrooms are in one's diet from from minerals and other parts that they are giving us more than any other plant can. C can you speak to that as well? One of the things I like to um, educate people about is the food benefits of mushrooms. Mushroom, uh, mushrooms, and, and first let me say this, uh, every mushroom is going to have a different uh, nutritional profile. So when I'm talking to you here, and I'll give you some percentages, but you have to remember that, that this will vary. It will vary. For example, uh, shiitake generally has around 20% protein and 50% uh, uh, carbohydrates. Agaricus, the button mushroom, has uh, close to close to 40% protein and, and a lower amount of carbohydrates. So there's a, a real variation, but, but protein-wise, mushrooms uh, have a a reasonable amount of protein, especially for a vegetable. Um, they're very high, high in carbohydrates, and this is this is the important part that we really need to understand about mushrooms because a large percentage of those carbohydrates are actually fiber, and that fiber is something that will feed our microbiome. And it, the mushroom has a cell wall that is made up primarily of what are called beta-glucans. So over 50% of the mushroom cell wall is, is a beta-glucan, and beta-glucans are the compounds that science has told us are responsible for the immunological activity of mushrooms. So when you're eating mushrooms, you're actually getting these beta-glucans. So just eating mushrooms alone will give you some of those immunological benefits that were have been established as the primary um, medicinal compounds in mushrooms. They're also very good, uh, very high in uh, uh, B vitamins. So we can get niacin, riboflavin, and thiamine. We can, we can get a reasonable amount of those. 
they also have uh, minerals, potassium and phosphorus are, are the minerals that are the highest in mushrooms. The other thing that I think is really important here, too, for people to understand is that, and some people have talked about this, how, how mushrooms are more like humans than they are necessarily about plants. And, and one of the reasons for that is that mushrooms do not contain starch or cellulose. Mushrooms actually have glycogen. So do we. That's our storage carbohydrate, mushrooms have glycogen as their storage carbohydrate, and they also have a compound called chitin in them, which is a structural uh, component of the cell walls. So, so I can, and my company, what we do is we make extracts of these mushrooms, but I tell everybody, put mushrooms into your diet because mushrooms are possibly one of those missing foods, one of those things that we should be eating, not missing in Asia, at all, not missing, missing in Europe. Europeans and Asians have known about mushrooms and have, have them well-established in their diets. In, in Asia, you, there's at least 12 different edible mushrooms in the market on any day, and they're eating mushrooms all the time. In fact, when I'm traveling in China, I mean, every day in one of our meals, there will be mushrooms in those meals. I mean, I've even been to a restaurant in China where they had mushrooms in every single dish. It was quite a, quite interesting, all the different ways that they were able to utilize mushrooms. But what I really love is the fact that each mushroom has a specific character to it, a specific flavor, a specific taste, and it's just a wonderful food. And I really recommend people to to put more mushrooms into their diet. Uh, agaricus, I, I like agaricus. A lot of people say, oh, it's kind of bland. I like agaricus. Well, I grew them for 10 years, so I got quite to the point where I really enjoyed them a lot. But shiitake, I love shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> they are so good. We are speaking with Jeff Chilton, the president of Nemex Organic Mushroom Extracts, who's joining us today from British Columbia, Canada, in this hour of an organic conversation, Medicinal Mushrooms, the Fabulous World of Fungi. And Jeff, what you were just referring to, describing the similarities between a mushroom and a human, isn't it true that one of the closest living species on this planet compared to the DNA of a human, which of course is critical when we talk about uptake and metabolization of, of mushrooms as a food, is actually a, a mushroom, the, the closest related to, to the human structure and makeup. Is that, is that correct? Well, you know, you know, I've read that, but I haven't uh, paid that much attention to that particular aspect of it. To me, that that is a little bit outside of uh, the realm of you my focus? research. Yeah. You, you know, you know, Helga, the the thing that has been most important to me and my company is, um, and of course, we we sell mushrooms as uh, supplements. We don't actually sell them as foods. We sell them as supplements, and right. that is. That is quality control of our supplements. So, so I've done studies, and we analyze. We have, I mean this, um, we have more analytical data on mushrooms than I think any other research institute, university, uh, company in the world. We, um, I did a study in 2015 called Redefining Medicinal Mushrooms, and I, uh, in this study I took, 95 different samples. I took dried mushrooms. I took um, our mushroom extracts. I took. I, I went out and I bought 40 different products off the internet that uh, were mushroom products, and we analyzed all of them. And we analyzed them for beta glucans. Uh, we an analyzed them for alpha glucans, which are the starches. We analyzed them for ergosterol. Ergosterol is really interesting. It's it's the fungal sterol that is much like our uh, cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's uh, uh, similar to cholesterol. It's, it's a sterol. And ergosterol is also uh, a compound that is used in the grain industry to check for fungal contamination. So it's one way that you can, you can test and see how much fungal matter you have in a product. So we tested all these different products. And, and what we found were that a lot of products 
on the market were not actually mushroom at all. This is very interesting because because uh, and, and what I should preface this with is is people need to understand that the mushroom is just one stage of this fungal organism. The mushroom the mushroom is is the what what is also called the fruiting body, but underneath that mushroom, if you're picking it from the ground or in that log or in that tree, is the mycelium. And a lot of people have heard the term mycelium. The mycelium is what's called the vegetative body. So you mm-hmm. have the fruiting body and you have the vegetative body. The mycelium is actually what's doing all the decomposing heavy, out there. Heavy work, yeah, heavy lifting. Absolutely. It's there, <laughs> and, and it's also amassing nutrients, which then allow it to produce a mushroom. And the mushroom is what will then produce spores, and those spores will then disseminate out there, and they'll sort of start this whole cycle again. So, so rather than seeds like we're, we're used to in plants, uh, we have a spore. Those spores germinate into a fine filament called a hyphae. Those hyphae come together in a network. That network is called mycelium, and then the mycelium will then put up a mushroom, which is, is in a sense the final stage, and they will produce the spores, and the cycle will be complete. Well, the fact is is that that mushroom is what has been used traditionally uh, for thousands of years uh, for medicinal purposes. That mushroom is what creates and is really the, the primary uh, creator of, of these medicinal compounds. So, so when we did our our study in redefining medicinal mushrooms, what we found was that there was a lot of products on the market that were mycelium, but the mycelium was actually grown, it was actually on grain. So what was being sold was myceliated grain. The grain was not separated from the final product. Oh, I see. What, what that meant was in our studies, it turned out that those products were mostly alpha-glucan, which is starch. And, and it only makes sense because when you see these products, you realize that the grain has not been digested. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with a product called tempeh. Fermented okay, soybeans. Tempeh, tempeh is actual, actually fungal mycelium grown on cooked soybeans. soybeans. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the process, when you, when you buy some tempeh, you look at it and it's like, wow, this is interesting. It's a, a white block, and you can see the, the soybean in there. You can cut it. You can see the soybean. It's, it's in there, but it's got all this white mycelium there. That is actually what's being sold as mushroom. And, and the studies that we did uh, using beta-glucan, alpha-glucan, and argosterol testing primarily demonstrated that it did not have a profile of a mushroom. Hmm. Well, and that's only... Normal because it wasn't a mushroom that actually was being sold. It was actually this myceliated grain. And and here's the the issue with that. And and this is an issue that that I've been very passionate about. And, and I've worked with with our our American Herbal Products Association group, which is a very large group of of companies selling the nutritional supplements. And that is that those particular products, the, the label on them would say reishi mushroom, shiitake mushroom, and it would have a picture of a mushroom. And people going to buy those products, they would, they would find them out there on the shelves, mm-hmm. and they would buy them thinking they're getting a mushroom product when, in fact, there are no mushrooms in there. And, and so, in a sense, and, and this, is, this is a problem. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for the people taking them because if you're looking for a actual mushroom pro- uh, product that has the beneficial compounds in it. These products did not have those. The beta-glucan content was very low, around 5%. The alpha-glucan, the starches, were anywhere from 30 to 60%, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite of a mushroom. A mushroom is a 25 to 60% beta-glucan, and the alpha-glucan, which is not starch, it's glycogen, is normally one to five percent of glycogen. So, so these products are the exact opposite of an actual genuine mushroom product. So, that's the area that yeah. my company has <clears throat> taken in terms of trying to guarantee to people that they're going to get the benefits of a true mushroom product. And we want to talk about those benefits specifically of what if you get one product versus what do you get when you get a 
product that is actually really the equivalent of a mushroom. Um, in just a minute, this is an organic conversation, and you're listening to Medicinal Mushrooms, the Fabulous World of Fungi. In this week's episode, we are speaking with Jeff Chilton, the president of Nemex Organic Mushroom Extracts. Please stay on the line, and we'll be right back. I'm your host, Helga Helberg, and again, this is an organic conversation. Stay tuned for more. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. Medicinal mushrooms is our topic this week, the fabulous world of fungi. We're speaking with Jeff Chilton, the president of Nemex Organic Mushroom Extracts, who's joining us from British Columbia, Canada. The website is Nemex, N-A-M-M-E-X.com. Jeff, before the break, you were diving into uh, products that are out there that are maybe the opposite of <clears throat> what a what a mushroom as a profile would provide to us. Let's talk about the benefits for human health and the human body. Um, I want to actually start with the question, are all mushrooms medicinal or what really defines a mushroom as medicinal or culinary? Actually, all mushrooms are medicinal, and, and I like to think of mushrooms as one of the very first what are now called uh, nutraceuticals. Mushrooms are actually food as medicine. That doesn't mean that they all have the same level of activity. That's why we have, let's just say, 12 major species of mushrooms that have been utilized in traditional Chinese medicine and have a more powerful activity. And that's primarily due to the fact that these beta-glucans, although all the mushrooms have them, they each have a specific architecture, and that architecture makes the difference between having high activity and low activity. So the fact is, is mm -hmm. that, yes, they're, they all, they're all medicinal, but... Um, certain ones are uh, more active than others. And, and you know, the, here's the thing, Helga. I, I, if you go on the Internet, boy, you'll, you'll see some sites, and they'll tell you that mushrooms do everything. There's nothing they don't do. They, they, they consider them a panacea. And these are like what I call marketing speak. I'm really concerned about that because it, it just lowers the... The level of uh, discourse yeah. on these things. or credibility, it, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mushrooms primarily are are what we consider could consider an adaptogen. They are not something that you take and and I've heard this from, uh, out there on reviews on products. Oh, I took this mushroom product and that cold that was coming on now the next day it's gone. Or, or something to that, like like they're getting immediate effects. That's not how mushrooms work. Mushrooms take time. Mushrooms are something that you have to be utilizing them for a month or so to really get them established. They work in the background, and the point of these mushrooms is to promote harmony and balance. I mean, they, they may support adrenal function. They may build endurance, uh, counteract stress those types of things, but they sit in the background. Just as they are nature, really, right? I mean, how would they work differently in our human body than they would work in nature? Isn't there like a certain character around each plant and being on this planet that that works the way it works? And so mushrooms are, you know, in the background, on the ground, literally uh, doing their magic work over months and years and decades and hundreds and thousands of years. Um, so you're describing basically what they do in nature or what they will do in us. Is that right? Right, yeah. And, and again, it's an um, immunological effect primarily where they will activate macrophages. They'll activate uh, T lymphocytes, stimulate NK cells. They will stimulate immune cells. And we actually have receptors for beta-glucans. So, so Those beta-glucans, as they're going through, as we consume the mushroom or as we consume the supplement, those beta-glucans will go down through our 
uh, alimentary canal, they will get into lower intestine, they will activate these immunological sites, and they will, they will essentially modulate, and, and that's what most science is telling us about these beta-glucans, is that they're regulating homeostasis, and the activity is a immunomodulation. They're considered, to some degree, to be a biological response modifier, and that's what they mean when they talk about immunological modulation. They will sit there and they will, if, if we need, need their help, they will start to act in that way. They will, they will stimulate our immune system. If we don't, they'll just sit there and, and go through, and you'll just be getting, uh, whether it's uh, eating the mushroom and getting the, the other benefits from them, but that's really the primary way that they work. And, and, and here's the thing is that scientists have done so much research and they have found that mushrooms have all of these different activities. So, yes, there are many things they can do, but what you have to remember is that in any kind of scientific research, what they do is they will, they will find one particular compound, they'll refine that compound, of then course. they'll utilize that one single <laughs> compound and find an effect. And what happens is some people will read that paper and the next thing you know, they're out there saying, oh my, mushrooms do this, mushrooms do that. There may not be enough of that particular compound in, in that 200, 300, 400 grams of fresh mushrooms you might eat or in those supplements because a lot of times these compounds occur in very small amounts. Well, and, and, they, and they often occur in, in combination with other elements too, right? And what comes to mind is bioflavonoids assisting vitamin C or assisting the body in the uptake of vitamin C. I can only imagine since mushrooms have so many com compounds that they are all needed and you can't just extract one piece of it, one compound, and then see how that works in the human body. It's the symbiosis or the relationship, the ecology of the entire plant, or in this case of the entire mushroom. Isn't that absolutely? Yeah. I, I totally agree, and and I think what I want to to make sure your listeners understand is that, for example, there are extracts out there. The extracts we make, we do not make an extract where we're just trying to build up one particular compound. Not at all. We want our extracts to have all of the important compounds, all of the different parts of that mushroom, we want that everything to be in the same profile as the actual mushroom itself. So we're not, we're not extracting and extracting and trying to get more and more and more of one particular compound. That's not what we do, and that's, generally speaking, not the way extraction works in the, in the supplement industry or with herbal extracts. Most herbal companies will try to get the, the extract to mimic the actual uh, plant or mushroom itself. The, the difference is, is that when we make some of our extracts, we're trying to have a concentrate. It's, just, it's, it's no different than, let's say, uh, making up a soup and you are, are uh, boiling down whatever it is, or a tea, and, and you're boiling it down and you're getting more in that cup than you would by just uh, eating, let's say, one or two mushrooms. So, so that's the point behind an extract is that you can get those compounds. For example, if you look at most nutritional supplements, they'll say take two 500-milligram capsules. That's not going to help you if that's just mushroom powder. Not going to help you at all. In fact, yesterday I, I, I was uh, cooking up some mushrooms, and I took these mushrooms, and I put them on a scale because I'm like, okay, how much does a fresh mushroom weigh? Mm -hmm. A fresh agaricus mushroom, medium-sized agaricus mushroom, weighs about 40 grams. And I thought, wow, 40 grams, that, that's a lot for just one mushroom. I thought, you know, three of these things would be 100 grams. That would mean... Uh, basically 10 grams of dried mushroom in these three fresh mushrooms. That's not, a, that, that, that would be very easy for somebody to eat that and end up getting 10 grams of fresh mushroom. That's a, that's a fairly reasonable dose, let's call it. The difference being, of course, that, that because we are actually uh, eating them, we're not we're not um, chewing them down to where we're getting everything out of them. They're going to go through us 
in a way where where we wouldn't get the same effects as if that were in a powder form where we've got a tremendous amount of surface area there and that surface area goes down and, and hits the receptor sites and so on. So we're not getting the same amount. But the idea behind an extract is essentially that then, for example, my customers can put the product out uh, and get enough in those capsules that it would actually provide a benefit. Otherwise, um, really, you're not going to get the benefits by going out there and just taking two capsules of some product. just would not happen. So, But you're saying, I mean, one could eat culinary mu uh, medicinal mushrooms. They're all, they're all medicinal, even the, the considered culinary ones. But the... The medicinal mushrooms, What can you name a, a handful? It's of definitely shiitake, maitake. What, what else is Well, the other, other ones I'd highly recommend would be um, cordyceps. Uh -huh. um, reishi is a very powerful one. In fact, that, yes, and, and this is one of the things that, that, that people, you know, you can't eat reishi mushrooms. So reishi mushrooms definitely have to be extracted or you have to make a tea from a reishi, it's, it's like a piece of wood. Now, many of the, the medicinal mushrooms are out there are hard polypores or conchs. Uh, chaga is a canker that grows off of birch trees. You, mm -hmm. you cannot eat chaga. You have to process it in some way to actually get the uh, medicinal compounds. And here's something that I think is important that people should understand. Mushrooms need natural materials, most medicinal mushrooms, interestingly enough, grow on wood. Mushrooms need that wood to supply them with the precursors to manufacture the medicinal compounds. So, so for example, uh, companies that grow myceliated grain, the grain does not have those precursors so mm. that sure. there would not be any any triterpenoids that you would normally find in reishi mushrooms. <clears throat> yeah. So in other words, you're, you're starving the mushroom of what it actually needs. And with that, if it's not in the mushroom's diet, it, the, the mushroom won't have it in our diet. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you have to have those precursors, just like yeah. we have to when we're eating. We need proteins and things like that for us to be healthy. It's the same thing. You have to have those precursors to be able to manufacture the compounds that that we're looking for in a medicinal mushroom product. And, and that is really why mushrooms and the way they are grown is so very, very important in order to get the, the real and true medicinal benefits from them. Let's talk about the dosing, and we're almost out of time in this episode of An Organic Conversation, Medicinal Mushrooms, the Fabulous World of Fungi. Such an interesting conversation with Jeff Chilton, the president of Nemex Organic Mushroom Extracts, who's joining us from British Columbia, Canada, the website Nemex, N-A-M-M-E-X.com. As a last recommendation, since we are almost out of time, if people are now really integrate, uh, interested in integrating mushrooms into their lives and diets, what's a, a fair recommendation from your side? Daily, weekly, in what form, what kind of mushrooms? Well, first of all, in terms of eating mushrooms, I would say um, eat them two, three times a week. And when you eat them, don't just take one or two mushrooms and chop them up and put them in. Although the, the nice thing about mushrooms is you can put them into lots of things. You can put yeah. them into stir-fries, you can put them into omelets, you can, you can cook them on their own. But when you're doing that, one or two, no, take, take a, um, a handful, six, seven, eight, ten mushrooms, chop them up, fry them up, or put them in whatever, put them in a, a soup even. Uh, so three or four times a week, I would say, is it would be really important if you're going to eat mushrooms. Nice. If you're going to supplement with mushrooms, again, the important thing is to be absolutely certain that the product that you're going to be buying is a, a genuine mushroom product. If you see a product that says mycelium, and sometimes it will actually say in the back, it will say in the other, it will say myceliated grain of some sort, stay away from it because you're going to get mostly starch. And one of the ways that you can, you can actually tell that, I mean, if you have a mushroom product that you're taking right now, empty it out, empty the capsule out, taste it, Does it taste like mushroom or does it taste like flour? A lot of these those particular products are just taste like grain flour. Mm -hmm. So so when you're looking for these products, be very careful, be very um, observant. About
about what the label says, and then don't expect benefits immediately. Do not expect immediate benefits. It's going to take a while for that to really work for you. And so, so be patient, and then just be observant and uh, see what you think about it. You know, generally speaking in Asia, a lot of times these mushrooms, um, in terms of taking them regularly as a supplement, as people aged, it was kind of like, like reishi, for example, one of the primary herbs that people took as they aged because our immune systems start to slow down a little bit as we get older. So that was a, a major one. And, and reishi, interestingly enough, they called it the mushroom of immortality. <laughs> what a great way to to end the show. That's fantastic. Is it of concern okay. that how they are grown? Like if, if they're not certified organic, would it be a concern that if you buy something at a market where you don't know exactly who their growers are, um, that the medium they used is maybe not not ideal, or there were pesticides used, or how how do you how well, do you deal with that? Well, you know that? what the the uh, the button mushroom, agaricus mushroom, they they have traditionally used a lot of chemicals on that. Yeah. So I would say look for organic with that. Um, with the other more specialty mushrooms, especially if it's a small grower, chances are they're not using chemicals and they don't really need to use chemicals. My company's been certified organic since 1992. I totally, totally believe in that. I'm, I buy organic produce. I, I, I find it's very important to me. So, so yes, absolutely. Be, be aware of that when you're, when you're buying mushrooms, and especially with agaricus, because it's the one that, that there's just a program out there for yeah. agaricus growers to use chemicals all the way along. So look for an organic agaricus if you like agaricus, and, and you know, Ask the people you're buying it from if, if it's a farmer's market. Otherwise, uh, look for organic whenever possible. Beautiful. Thank you for your passion and your deep knowledge and your amazing products. Um, pleasure to have you on the show. That's Jeff Chilton, the president of Nemex Organic Mushroom Extracts, N-A-M-M-E-X.com, the website, who joined us today from British Columbia, Canada. Thanks so much, Jeff, for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Helga. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and, and I hope that uh, this will help to spread the word about mushrooms and the wonderful benefits of them. I'm convinced it will. Thank you so much. Speak soon. Take Thank care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And from Medicinal Mushrooms, we're staying with the power and health benefits of healthy food. We are switching to organic produce. Here's the consumer update from the produce doc in San Francisco, our weekly tip of what to buy, how to buy, how to look for the best produce, get the best deal, and how to store all that at home, and maybe even some recipes. Here is what's in season. And with me now is not Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce, but one of his expert buyers, Jonathan Kitchens. Uh, Jonathan, do we have you on the line? Yes, yes, I'm here. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. It's the beginning of May now, in the second week. We're approaching the second week, and lots of produce is coming in. What is the special item that you're focusing on? I focus on, this time of year, berries, and I'm preparing for stone fruit. Nice. Wow, stone yeah. fruit already. I can't believe we <laughs> that is already being mentioned. Uh, yeah, it comes in, you know, mid and end of May, but when we talk about berries, what's your what's your highlight of the week? Um right now we're still in the highlight is blueberries. We're pulling blueberries out of uh the central coast Santa Maria area and that this week actually a lot of that is transitioning to the Central Valley. Usually in May, there's kind of a dip in production, but, but it doesn't seem, we haven't seen much of that this year in blueberries. Hmm. Um, so we have a lot of variety and a lot of uh, fresh, wonderful fruit. Nice. And then we're, we are looking at Mother's Day, right, which is on the 13th of May. And Earl mentioned last week, maybe there will be some other berries available too? Yes. Um, strawberries, it, just with all the weather we're having, You know, all the strawberries that would be coming out of Watsonville and Salinas and Santa Maria, it's just uh, they go out to pick, and then the next day we get a storm. 
So they have to start over, strip the fruit, and um, just, you know, we've had these pineapple express storms, which are very humid, and they're just a lot of fungal action down at the soil level. Uh-huh. So it's right now we're still in between Mexico and California, but by Mother's Day, we should be full on into California. Awesome fruit. So what ha- what a- happens in a rainstorm? The the If it's a hard storm, some soil bacteria gets onto the berry of the strawberry, and then you get, you know, reactions. You basically, when you say they strip the all the berries that were ripe that could have been harvested without a rainstorm need to be thrown off, basically, because they won't last? Essentially, yeah. The, the berries just have a few days when they're at peak ripeness for packing. So botrytis is one of the fungal diseases you see, and it's just a gray mold that grows on there. And, yes. you know, sometimes if, it, if it, the berry is ripe and they pick it when there's a lot of humidity, even where the, you'll see fingerprint indentations on each berry, and that's, that's like a vector for the mold to grow uh-huh. so that ideally it's a it's a sunny a drier condition mm-hmm. and they can go out there and pick berries and you know they're picking packing right into the cart into the clamshell right there in the field so even just the picking in rainy conditions you're saying leaves such a mark on the berry it, the strawberries are so tender and it's true right you should eat them in the clamshell in the store they say Because the moment you bring them home, four hours, six hours later, makes a big difference. Not so with much with blueberries at all, but the softer berries, and particularly strawberries, do have that sensitivity, right? Yes, that's correct. And we you know we're known for our quality here at Earl's. So the packers and the growers are picking, they're waiting to the very last minute to pack for us because they know we want ripe fruit, which is, you know, high sugar, which means high nutrition. The, the minerals are pulling out of the earth under the fruit. So it's it's better to wait until the storms pass, and then we can guarantee that the fruit we're picking and packing it will last to the end user. Nice. And speaking of strawberries, beyond Mother's Day, if the rains subside completely, what's a good California strawberry season, starting now-ish to, to when? To at least through July, yeah. It depends, you know, that we get these... Weather events in you know on the coast where the heat waves come into Watsonville. Even last year they had well over a hundred right there on the coast, and that you know everything gets stressed, and it's kind of like rain. The, the fruit stops, the fruit has to be stripped again, and then you know it's another seven to ten days for the next the runners to come out of that fruit, ripen <laughs> up. What a sensitive berry it is. It really uh, is. <laughs> but there's fair production. You're saying the, the rains are cleared out enough. Um, hopefully for Mother's Day, we will have local berries and, of course, a local fully delicious ripe red strawberry, hard to top. Yes, for sure. And wh- where's the pricing at? Right now, you know, we're in the, in the mid, mid to upper 20s, and mm-hmm. that should be the peak. You know, we should see a decline in prices as as the weather clears up and California production comes on. So in the 20s, what does that mean for a retailer or, or the consumer, rather, in the store? What what do we see per, that's cu- like, per little um, clamshell? That's like 4.98 a clamshell. Uh-huh. And that's yeah, on... Yeah, and then that, you know, the peak of summer, that, that gets below 2.98. Right, because production increases. This is the earliest crop, but everyone loves strawberries for Mother's Day, of course. Yeah, um, definitely. But so it's it's right now on the higher side but yeah, nice, nice quality are here, and that's a beautiful item. What do you do with them? What's your favorite way of of eating them? Just right out of the clamshell, or do you put them on a on a tort of sorts, or how do you in a fruit salad? I like well, it depends on the variety and the time of year. You know, in the middle of summer, when we have when we see varieties like seascape and Mara de Bois, these smaller, I don't know if they're heirloom, but more rustic uh-huh. berries. Even yeah. the alpine, it's a very small, like the size of your, your pinky nail. Wow, yes. Those, you know, no, nothing needs to be done to those. Just eat as many as you can in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the preferred method. Just, you know, straight, straight prebiotic, no washing from the field, from my yard, right into my mouth. Nice. And and the ones you're seeing right now, what varieties would, would those be? Those would be um, a, a mix of Monterey, Albion, Frontera. Mm-hmm. And those, I I often do put these in a fruit salad. We're at the end of citrus and blueberries, you know, mixed berry salad, maybe with some yogurt or almond milk. Nice. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Wonderful. That's Jonathan Kitchens. Who? Um, what? What other? You deal with berries, and what other crop were you mentioning in the beginning? 
stone fruit. Oh, that's right, stone fruit. So we'll have you yeah. back come June, definitely, when peaches and nectarines are coming in. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Same here. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for your expertise and your time, and we'll have you back soon. You're very welcome. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you also to our associate producer, Kristen Ponger. An Organic Conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters. Equal Exchange, a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas, and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. And Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Every garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. Also, Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store, home, or business. Are you a chef? have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce, anyone can buy directly from Earl's Organic at wholesale prices. The website is earlsorganic.com. And Fry Vineyards, America's first certified organic winery, producing organic and certified biodynamic wine without synthetic sulfites or other preservatives. Family-owned and operated since 1980. Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. Lastly, thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals for careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to anorganicconversation.com or subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so you'll never miss an episode. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, find us on Facebook and Instagram at An Organic Conversation and on Twitter at Talk Organic. I'm Helge Helberg, and we'll be back with another great episode right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. <music>